0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you were inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. It's good to be with you again on this beautiful, as Mr. David related, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful uh, last Sunday of October morning, and it's even more beautiful because there is no snow on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get the amens however I can, but uh, I, I'm, I'm so thankful. I enjoy this time of year. Um, But I'm so thankful for it. If you would take your Bibles and open them up to the book of Genesis chapter 8 this morning. Genesis chapter 8. And uh, going to begin on this Sunday a brand new uh, series. We kind of wrapped up a a quick look at Nehemiah last week. And uh, just want to begin a four or maybe five week a message series on the topic of gratitude uh, as we look to enter into the Thanksgiving season. And, and uh, we always ought to be grateful, uh, but it's just this time of year that, that we need, uh, need an extra reminder, I think, at times about this aspect of gratitude. And this morning, if you miss everything else that I am about to say I hope that you grab a hold of this. Gratitude, being grateful, is a fundamental ingredient. It's an essential ingredient to a deep and meaningful life. If you desire to live a life of significance, it's not so much in what you do or what you accomplish, although we assign importance and and weight to that, the reality is that a truly meaningful, significant life hangs on the aspect of gratitude. The aspect of gratitude. You know, just, a, uh, and I can't believe it's been this long already, just a couple of years ago, I believe, uh, maybe a little bit less than that, our nation, we were, as a nation, doubly shocked by the tragic deaths of two profound, legendary individuals in their fields. First was the the, the wonderful actor who played the Black Panther in the Marvel movies, Chadwick Bozeman, just a young fellow who was tragically taken uh, from this life by cancer, along with the NBA great Kobe Bryant, two men... Uh, different fields, but the world would look at them as leading lives of significance. When we mourn the loss of someone who has achieved greatness, uh, greatness in whatever field they may have, a musician, an actor, whatever it might be, someone who is well-known, and we consider their achievements, we as human beings oftentimes... We'll follow it with a look inward into our own lives and begin to evaluate our life's significance as well. And while we wrestle with life's significance at times, we'll begin to ask ourselves questions. Questions like, what is most important in life? What's what's most important in life? How, how, How do I live so that... I am ready to die. I love how, uh, I believe it's Levi Lusko puts it, there are far too many Christians who are determined to arrive safely at the door of death instead of risking everything for the Lord. How, How am I going to live? How do I live so fully that I am ready? When that day comes, and spoiler alert, it's going to come for us all, unless the Lord comes, that we are ready for that day. I am just so transfixed with images that that pop in my mind when I read that question because I have had family members who have gone on into, into eternity and, and, and at the funeral as we would gather the, the minister, or even family members would often say they were ready. They were ready. They, they, they lived their life to the full and they were ready to go. And we have no, no doubt of where they are today. But then, at the same token, I'm reminded of a situation that I encountered. Um, It's been almost 25 years ago. During that time, I I was a volunteer firefighter in West Point down there in the metropolis of West Point, Ohio. Um, We don't even have a traffic light in West Point. Uh, but I was a firefighter and, and I loved it. I love that. thing And I love the medical side of it, the emergency medical side of it. And so I decided that I was going to go to school. This was before the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, I got other plans for you. And, uh, and uh, he tapped me on the shoulder and decided that I was going into ministry. Before that, I, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be in emergency medicine. I was not smart enough to be a doctor. So the next best thing is, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be an emergency medical technician. I'm going to work on the ambulance. I'm going to make a difference. And I'm going to uh, save lives is what I thought. And, and I remember this one specific call that, that we got we went to this address and the call was that the person was possibly in the midst of having a heart attack. Well, what we realized very quickly when we got to that scene that the lady was not just having a heart attack, she was in full cardiac arrest, not breathing, heart not beating. And so uh, my partner and I, he was the paramedic, I was just the emergency medical technician, began to do CPR and began to do what we've been trained to do. And at that time, another ambulance came and they began to render aid to this, to this poor woman who was laying on the kitchen floor, lifeless. And at that time, as we were doing everything that we could to to save this woman's life and get her ready to go to the hospital. So hopefully they would be able to, to uh, eventually save her life. At this time, outside of the kitchen, uh, which was a full pane glass door and was locked, that, that'll, that'll be important here in just a second, her daughter arrived. And she began to try to get the door, and the door was locked. She couldn't get in. And she saw her mother, she saw us, and if you've ever seen CPR uh, in person, it is very, very violent looking. And she began to scream at the very top of her lungs, no, 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 she's not ready. She's not ready. How do I live this life? so that I'm ready for when the next life comes. Will I? Will I? We we wrestle with these questions. Will I leave a legacy and benefits to those who are behind, that I leave behind? How will I build something in this life to carry into my eternal life? You see, whether we want to admit it or not, we want our lives to matter. We want our lives to matter. So what makes our life significant? You see, the Bible is very clear. The Bible says that the place of gratitude gives us a life here and after of significance. If you truly want to live a life of significance, be about the aspect of gratitude. Through gratitude, we appreciate life's goodness. We appreciate the things that oftentimes we take for granted. Um, there are things that, that I was not able to do, and I won't go into all the details, that I was unable to do for a solid two years while I was on dialysis that I am so grateful when I drink too much water these days that I am able to do, and I, I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, two years you're grateful for sometimes the littlest of things we appreciate life's goodness we appreciate the warmth of the sun and because of that we are compelled to pay it forward you see gratitude creates within us a deep sense of happiness which is just merely emotion but it also can bring forth joy along with satisfaction so what is gratitude? Gratitude is the practice, the practice of actively remembering and expressing the grace, the benefits that you and I don't deserve, and the goodness bestowed in our lives. You see, the reality is we have an innate and inward desire to show gratitude for the goodness and the grace that we receive. So that brings us to our passage of Scripture this morning. And this fellow called Noah. I know that you've heard of Noah. I know that you probably know the whole story of Noah. But early in the Bible, early on, we witness one of the very first acts of gratitude in the life of this fella named Noah. In Genesis chapter 8, beginning at verse uh, 15, beginning at verse 15. Genesis chapter 8, beginning at verse 15 this morning. And if you're able, would you please stand for the reading of of the word? Genesis chapter 8, verse uh, 15. This is at the tail end of the whole flood ark. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you bring out with you every living thing that is with you all the flesh the birds the animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth that they that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons with him every Beast, Every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. Verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us uh, to to ponder the importance of gratitude again. Lord, it's not just uh, an aspect of our lives that we should practice one time of year during a specific month but should be a daily occurrence uh, for us as Christians. And so, Father, we pray that you would just continue to bless the rest of our time here this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. After being on the ark for almost a full year, Noah, in our scripture, walks off the boat and then it says that he builds an altar to the Lord. Noah's first recorded act after leaving the ark was an act of gratitude to the Lord. When listening to or reading this story of Noah and the ark, it's sometimes this act of worship is easy to read over without Without reading close and intentional, it appears to be a simple practice. But when we do a little more digging, we see it as an extraordinary act of thankfulness. First of all, consider that Noah and his family spent approximately 356 days on the ark. As he walks off the plank, Noah in that moment makes a conscious decision that the very first thing he will do is to say thank you to God. God, if you read the scripture, nowhere in there does God direct Noah to do this. He just does it out of his own free volition. Noah did not offer a sacrifice out of the need to have good fortune, a desire to keep God happy, or appease him. He offered his sacrifice simply out of a heart of gratitude. His natural inclination upon leaving this ginormous wooden box was to simply say thank you to the Lord. Now, let's you and I consider... Consider some things here. Uh, many things that Noah could have done by leaving the ark. And let's, let's for a moment, let's put ourselves into the passage of scripture here for just a moment. For a solid year, no escape. <laughs> you can't run. You can't hide. You've lived inside a dark ship. A ship drenched in the stench and the mess of every animal on earth. They will not advertise that on these vacation commercials you see. During this time, you're tossed around the world by tumultuous winds, rains, and waves. Doesn't sound like a very good time. When the ark finally rests itself on a mountaintop, and as you walk out into the, the fresh air that you haven't breathed in for almost an entire year, along with the fact that you have been as large as the ark is, as described in the in the biblical account, you're still in a confined space with Family, that itself can be a recipe for disaster. I am very gifted in many things. Not any of them matter. But one of the things that I am truly gifted at is jumping up and down on the last nerve of people. I'm that kind of person that says, you know, when they say, don't poke the bear... I want to poke him. So put yourself in that situation. All of that mess and stench and everything. And as you walk out, what do you imagine your first act in this new world would be? For me, personally, and in transparency and honesty, I would probably walk out, look back at the ark, and I would exclaim, what was that all about? (laughs) Would it be to build an altar and say, thank you? You see, that is what is so, so intriguing and so wonderful about Noah. Because we can imagine for a moment ourselves there. He was there. He dealt with all of it and probably things that we don't even know about. And his first inclination was not to run out and say, I'm finally free. Or anything else, but was to build an altar to the Lord and say, thank you. Thank you. You see, gratitude is so important and we lose sight of it so often because uh, life comes at us so hard sometimes and it is so difficult at times to find something, anything uh, to be grateful for. I met uh, an individual. It's been many years ago, over twenty years ago, and it was. This was a kind of individual that uh, that that he had a problem for every solution. I don't know if you've ever met this kind of person. Um, there was no. There was no. There was no positivity. It was all complaint. He would often say. You know and I've kind of taken a liking to this one of the only thing I've really taken a liking to that that I've come from him I've never been wrong or I've I'm not always right but I've never been wrong he was that kind of person and in the moment he was for whatever reason we were we were talking Uh, And he was just going on and on and on and on and on about all these things that were wrong in his life and all the difficulties that he was having. And he just had nothing to be grateful for. There was nothing to be thankful for. And in a moment, with my personality and the way that I'm wired, I simply said, well, you're still sucking air, aren't you? You can be grateful for that. And uh, he didn't talk to me the rest of the time. But the reality is, we, especially in, in the world in which we live today, we need gratitude. We need to be grateful people. And that leads to the second portion of this. The English word gratitude stems from a Latin word, gratia, which means to give thanks. The Bible takes this one-word definition even further. In the Bible, gratitude is the word Eucharista, in which we get our term Eucharist, which is another term for communion, which we're going to be celebrating here in just a few moments. And that word, Eucharista, stems from the word Greek word charis, which is uh, grace. Y'all didn't realize you were coming to church and going to learn Greek this morning. Charis, which means grace, a favor, an act of goodwill, of loving kindness for which we do not deserve. That's what what gratitude is. Eucharist is offering thanks out of the abundance of grace shown to us. Has God given you grace (laughs) in the past 22 seconds? He has. It It is to give thanks to the Lord with pleasure and delight because we have received delight and pleasure from his grace, from his charis. By choosing to practice gratitude, you and I choose the grace that God has freely offered us and freely we offer it back to him and to others. When we receive God's grace in our life, we naturally want to express it. We we don't know exactly how it's going to come out or used or where it will go, but when you and I receive grace, Whatever the source, be it God or from another person, it desires to be expressed to others. I often heard preachers say, don't be a bucket. Don't be a bucket for God's grace. In other words, don't just receive his grace, receive his grace, receive his grace, and receive his grace. And all the while you're full and those around you are empty. Instead, he would say, be a conduit, be a a pipeline for God's grace. That as, as God's grace flows in us, it flows through us. That we receive what we need, but there's also plenty more for those around us. Because you will never know who you will bump up into in this life who needs a little grace, who needs a little love, who needs a little compassion. There are folks within, probably within walking distance of this church who simply need to know that someone somewhere cares. And that is what it is, to have and to allow His grace not just to flow in us—that's that, great. I've been a wonderful recipient of God's grace, and at times it's been difficult, but I've extended it out to others as well. But let me let me let me uh, warn us, myself included, that. As we, as, we be a con, as we are a conduit for God's grace, as we receive and as we give it out to others. Uh, this might be a little controversial, but that's okay. Um, it's not just for the people we like. It's not just for the people that talk like us, dress like us, and act like us. God's grace is for everyone there was there was a time that I was outside looking in and I'm thankful for for those who had the wonderful inclination to speak into my life. I don't remember it, but my grandmother would say that uh, that when she would go to clean the church down at, down at the Beaver Creek State Park, the Williamsport Chapel, that, that she would often take my brother and I and, and during the summer times, uh, during camping season, as my grand, grandfather was, uh, the superintendent had retired by the time I came along, and uh, they were just connected with the park, that they would go to the services on Sunday morning and that she would have me on her knee. I don't remember any of that. But I do know that that grace that my grandmother received and, and released to, to us is paying dividends. And who knows? Who knows? You might be the very person by extending what you would think is the least amount of grace, the least amount of helpfulness, compassion, however you want to term it, you don't know that you might cause that person to take a step back, to take a time to ponder and reflect, and that person, as, as the old hymn would say, a new name written down in glory, that might be from you simply, let, let's make it as simple as possible. As as simple as possible, you might be able to do that. And I don't mean to make this, you know, insignificant. I I don't want that to come across. But the reality is, by maybe, I don't know. This is dangerous. This isn't in my notes. Um, Giving some, letting the person have the parking spot in front of you. That seems kind of trite and Trivial. or or some other little thing it's in the big things too don't don't mishear me when we receive god's grace in our life and we all do on a daily basis we receive his grace we have a wonderful opportunity to extend that grace to others and there was a song that i listened to yesterday hadn't listened to it for a while Uh, It's a a song entitled The Artist, and a portion of that song reads uh, this way. You craft something perfect despite my mistakes. It's grace. My failures are met by the full force of grace. Your blood hit the canvas with one final stroke, the cost of redemption, your life for my own. You see, we have so much to be grateful for. We have so much to, be, uh, to, to, get, get to give thanks to the Lord. We are, we are so blood, despite the problems we have and the issues that we deal with and all of that stuff that's on the outside and it's not, and it's not light and it can be very difficult. But in spite of all of that, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. You see, when when we take an opportunity to step back from all the pressures and all the things the world would want to throw at us and to realize that, that one of the greatest things that you and I can accomplish in this life is not some award or anything like that, is by simply being grateful, grateful. Grateful to the Lord. I, you know, I am so grateful that despite the mess that I am, and, and I've described myself this way. If you don't remember, let me refresh your memory. I, I remarked that, that I am a dumpster fire with a little bit of a train wreck and airplane crash all mixed into one. That's me. That's who I am. Uh, and you don't believe me, hang out with me for a day. You'll find out real quick. Sometimes, as I've said before, my mouth gets going before my brain catches up and some of the things, uh, not, not vulgar or anything like that, but man, man, there's some times that I irritate myself and I'm stuck with me. Um, there have been times when But in spite of all of that, the the failures, the mess ups, the brokenness, the the things that, that hinder me and haunt me. In spite of all of that, the Lord saw fit to reach down from heaven and to grasp my hand and to save my soul. And to make sure that I know without a shadow of a doubt that if my life were to end today, and I don't want it to, I have a lot more people to irritate before I end this life. That I am so ready and I have no fear that my last breath here will and give way to my first breath over there and it will be welcome home. I am so grateful that God who didn't owe me anything, the only thing that I contributed to his salvation was the sin that was necessary. And I am so grateful for that. As Christians, we need to get back to a place of being grateful that the first thing, just like Noah in our passage today, just like Noah, the first thing that comes to mind is giving thanks to the Lord. We walk down the steps and our knee hurts. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that we can walk down the steps with a bum knee. Thank the Lord for the big things and the little things of life let me close with this as we as we prepare our hearts for communion practicing gratitude receiving and expressing god's grace is the foundation for building a deep and meaningful life gratitude is a fluid virtue and other virtues such as love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control often piggyback upon intentionally giving and receiving God's grace and the act of gratitude. To live a deep and meaningful life, we must begin by accepting what is freely given, God's grace, and offering that same grace back to others on a daily, on a daily basis. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast.